0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Woo! Today's workout of the day, push-ups. I'm a little out of breath from it, too. Push-ups followed by push-ups followed by push-ups. It's a push-up kind of day. I do squeeze in a little armband curls uh, just to get my biceps pumped up so that I can keep cranking (laughs) out push-ups. Creates a little uh, shock absorber effect. (sighs) Anyway, that last set, they get a little harder and harder. Been doing them since I woke up this morning. Just uh, doing a little work, working on the podcast Go crank out some push-ups, but, yep, I'm getting a little older, and, uh, you know, each year these things get a little little more challenging, I guess, I don't know, in some ways easier, you know, you have this muscle memory, been able to do push-ups my whole life, for the most part, I guess, and um, I'm a big believer in it, for men, I think it's good to keep that upper body strength and keep going, that was my church for today, I guess, doing a little workout, let's hope I can keep my breath, man, whew, Alright, it's good stuff. Why do I bring this up? Well, uh it's good to pray, it's good to work out, it's good to be outside. And um I was doing all three. Wondering why my morning glories aren't blooming yet. Maybe somebody can explain that. They've climbed all over the place. But uh there are no no flowers yet. Little buds on there, but no flowers yet. So I'm sure they'll be coming soon enough. The yard's looking choice. I got everything nice and tightly manicured. My wife brought home these two um, lavender bushes. I have to put in yet. It got rained out. Actually, I was out there working uh, Friday all day, and I uh, had some some downtime. I so said, "Let me go out and, and work in the yard." I was out there weed whacking for almost six hours, and it was so hot here. You know, from climate change, <laughs> we call it summer, but now they call it climate change, and uh, it was like a hundred degrees. You know the heat index. I'm sure was you know 720 degrees. My eyebrows burn off. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to get to any of the climate hysteria this week. I've been wanting to talk to you, but some of the headlines are just purely hilarious. Anyway, it was hot. It's summertime. It's kind of how it goes. And uh, particularly since I had the concussion, I don't regulate heat as well. And uh, so, for example, I like to go in the sauna. I like to sweat and a lot of times i go work out i like to go do a little heat therapy in there and um i'll take in you know good quality water with me and just try to like drink a quart while i sweat and just try to replace the fluids with uh new clear clean fluids if you will and um i find it to be very uh therapeutic but i can't stay in there nearly as long as i used to i used to go there 20 30 minutes now Like three minutes, i got to walk out, I start getting lightheaded. So I'm out working in the yard. It's like coming up, like five and a half hours out there on the weed whacker, which, uh, if you've ever done that, it's a little inhumane to to be, you know, weed whacking for that length of time. I had a back brace on. uh, I did take breaks, and I was drinking plenty of water, plenty of water. By the time, at this point in the story, I had over a gallon in me. I'm out there, and uh, I started breathing heavy, heavier than I am right now from those push-ups. And, uh, I mean, it was really laboring. It kind of snuck up on me. And then I started feeling dizzy. And I thought, I was like in the back corner of our our property. I thought, you know, if I go down out here, nobody's even going to know. I'm going to pass out in the sun. They're going to make it worse. I'm going to die out. I'm going to (laughs) die. I thought, well, instead of dying, I'm being sarcastic if you're not picking up on that. All right, everybody just calm down. Climate change. Anyway, I said, yeah, I think it's about time to shut it down. So I didn't get, the, I didn't get everything wrapped up that I wanted to, but got a couple hours, and it rained like cats and dogs. Anyway, so it's still very wet. So I thought, well, I'm going to shift gears since I can't finish that up. I'm going to go into uh, a little workout mode, and uh, it's one of my goals for this year. It was uh, this summer rather? I was getting in shape, and I feel strong. I just need to lose a little fat. It's going. It's going. I made the changes I needed to make. So here we are. It's Sunday. Busy week this week. i got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Uh, and, and part of what's laid this up for today, a uh, little experience that I had Friday evening down at our local health club down here. And uh, I'm not going to reveal that story just yet. You'll have to come back tomorrow. I was going to do it today because I really just wanted to get it out of my mind. I'm a little scarred from the whole thing, I have to tell you. That doesn't happen too easily, you know that. I'll get into it tomorrow, as well as a couple of cool emails I receive at the end of the week. I'll tell you about all that tomorrow, but today's Sunday, and I wanted to pick a topic that I thought was appropriate for a Sunday conversation. I've been thinking about this for a while. I know I've mentioned little tidbits on the podcast, but I've never really gone into it. Uh, I have a good buddy of mine uh, from over 30 years now, he used to be... Uh, neighbors going back many, many years ago. Our kids grew up together, and, um, it's funny, his, his son's married with a child. I remember he was just a little boy. His daughter's now getting married. Um, his daughter, uh, very similar in, in look to my daughter. Platinum blonde hair, blue eyes, very fair skin. His daughter being, I don't know, 24, 25 or something like that, and, um, you know, she's a bombshell. And I just think, man, oh, I man. He, uh, he stopped by Friday night. Uh, he'd been stopping by Friday He drives through here uh, on his way home from work. And I thought, this is great. We spent a little time hanging out on Friday afternoon. And uh, he came by, and my daughter had a little friend over. And uh, we looked outside, and he was holding her hand walking up the yard. And I said, hold on a second. got to go smack this little crumb bum. Of course, I was kidding around. I would never lay my hands on the child. Um, and he starts laughing. He's like, yeah, that's the way it is. I <laughs> said, yeah, screw you. I remember those days. It was so cute when it was my son and his daughter uh, the other way around. And um, not so not so intriguing to me. Time goes fast. Children grow up. It's a new season. And we have to pass the baton on to them. It becomes their fight, their struggle. Every day, life is a struggle. Do you realize that? If you know the soil... If you know how the dirt works, you understand that it's living. The soil's not dead. You know, I think that the city people, the woke people, they look down at the dirt and they they see dirt. They just see, you know, something, uh, an innate object. And little do they know that the dirt is very, very much alive, right? All teeming with far more life in that dirt than above it, wouldn't you say? Maybe not always the case, but usually the case. I saw, um, and some of it's truly remarkable, um, the ability of these bugs to survive and thrive. And uh, I saw the melting permafrost in Russia, you know, climate change. It was swamp, then it froze, now it's coming back swamp again. So which is the change? Which is the real earth that they claim to be? They don't know. But anyway, there's these worms that have been frozen in there for 40,000 years. Coming back to life. How do you explain that? How to explain that in human terms? And my point about this is every day, there's like a billion little bugs under our feet just waiting for us to drop. Just waiting for us to stumble and fall. Just take a little nap. Just lay your little head down on that dirt for a little rest. Because the minute you do, they're going to be on you turning you right back to the dust that you were created from. And you say, Chris, what in the heck are you talking about? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, my friend. This is the cycle of life. We have to pass on the baton to the next generation. And what is that baton that we're passing on? Well, we can't recreate the dirt We can't reposition the sun. In short terms, we can't change the weather, believe it or not. There's people that want to believe differently. You might be able to change it for a short period of time, but I guarantee the consequences will be catastrophic. You just have to live. So, what do you do to deal with these daily attacks on our mere existence? What do you do? Well, we want to create a way of life that can survive and thrive in, the, in this environment, right? One that can carry on, one that we can pass on to our children, that the day comes that we lay our, our heads down, that we can rest easy, that we can, we can um, um, turn ourselves over to Christ, go back to where we belong, and know that our children and families here will be able to take care of themselves and survive and thrive in this crazy, chaotic world. How does that happen? Well, it's a, a way of life. We call it a culture, and different cultures have been uh, prophesized, philosophized, <laughs> uh, academicalized, legalized—you name it. But we've had some experience with this. What is that culture? So I mentioned about my friend coming over on Sunday, and uh, last week, when he, uh, Friday rather, uh, last Friday when he came over. Uh, we got to talking about politics a little bit, and he blurts out, you know, we're a Judeo-Christian society. And, you know, I, I hear many people regurgitate that nonsense just like a uh, threat to our democracy. Our demo- we're not a democracy. That lie fundamentally changes the identity of the entire country, completely changes it, completely changes it, in the same way that saying that we are a Judeo-Christian society People saying it without having any clue in what the hell they're talking about. Blurt that out as if it's fact when it's not. I don't believe that the founding fathers ever talked about this being a Judeo-Christian society. I know that they didn't because many of them were anti-Semitic. Why isn't that talked about as much as the owning slaves? Why isn't it as egregious? You know, if we're going to penalize the founding fathers for being who they were at the time... Right, we have no idea, really, because we didn't live then. Oh, they owned slaves; they were bad. How do you know they weren't trying to free slaves? How about the people now that are involved in this transgender stuff? Are they bad? I would say yes. Anyway, I don't want to beat around too much. But many of the founding fathers were, in fact, anti-Semitic. Um, they did not like Jewish people, the Jewish culture. Um. They did not like the black Muslim culture. They were very firm in their Christian beliefs. Why? Well, there's a whole history to it. I want to say this very emphatically. Uh, I'm not anti-Semitic. I've never been accused of being anti-Semitic, by the way. Um, I don't know why I would be. I'm also not afraid to talk about Judaism and Jewish people. Um, I've said this before, you know, I see problems caused at the hands of certain Jewish people, such as uh, Mark Kluckerberg, right, at Facebook. FBI, really amazing, people still clinging to that thing. Uh, So you have Jewish people that say that they're Jewish. They say it very boldly, right, they put out, like a stamp of approval in some ways. Uh, But I don't blame Judaism on Jewish people acting inappropriately any more than I blame Christianity for uh, priests who have acted inappropriately towards children, and I'm being nice about that—evil, vile priests that deserve everything that comes at them. But I don't—I don't blame the Bible or Christianity for that. There's there's a there's a real risk in doing that. Some people do, by the way. Ah, you and your religion. I've said this before, I'm jumping around here a little bit, but I wonder how much of this anti-Christian movement is born out of children that were harmed by priests. It was an epidemic that was allowed to go on in an even more sinister fashion than the trans movement because it was done so secretly. Crazy when you think about it. But anyway, I don't blame Christianity for the, for the sin in the church. That's not the fault of Christ the fault of the priests who fell into sin right i would say problems that we see with jewish people if you will are in spite of people being jewish not because they're jewish uh but it is very difficult to have a conversation these days oh you said jew it's because it's a jewish person it's like i'm a white christian i don't know um but the important point that I'm trying to make is that we are not a Judeo-Christian society. One being grounded in the law, and the other being grounded in grace. And they are two very different ideologies. One says kill. One says conquer. One says bring life and peace. Think about that. And I can prove Which one is ordained? It's in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Chaos is evil. Order is good. Chaos and confusion come from the devil. Order and clarity come from God. Good always prevails. Good being from God. Evil will always fail, painfully. Always. It's true. Love conquers all. But people need to understand what love means love is compassion, love is strong, you've heard it. You know, to, to say, I'll give you an example of love. You know You know the threat today, there's, the kid goes to the doctor, I I think I may be a female. Oh, we're going to immediately put you on hormone blockers. And there's some belief that's been, been taught somewhere that if they don't treat these kids immediately and give them what they want, that they're going to kill themselves. Now, I would ask you to make a tough decision. Would you rather mutilate your child in hopes that they would live like that? or sadly would you rather have them die? it It's a false choice. You see to, and this is where the the wisdom of the Bible and Christ even from the Old Testament from Solomon, if you ask me and I'm not I'm not you, your kids aren't my kids, my kids are my kids. And if if this situation came to me, Chris, if you don't do this, uh, you could have a dead child. This is what I would say. Child's life began at the hand of God and it will end at the hand of God. Absolutely, I would help my child and provide treatment that they would need as I always have. But I would not participate In a false belief that they can change their gender and allow them to disfigure themselves. Any more than I would allow my daughter to remove her arm and sew it to her forehead so she could have a trunk to pretend that she was an elephant. To say to me, Would you rather her be an elephant or dead, is no choice at all. Do you understand what I'm saying? But people have become so weak in their spiritual foundation because we've turned away um, from the church and God that all of a sudden these simple decisions become very difficult. We are not a Judeo-Christian society. And to say that we are changes the moral fabric, the moral foundation that we live by. Our society, our laws... Our moral framework comes from a Protestant reformist ideology. You don't have to agree with it. I'm not converting anybody. By the way, who are the Protestant reformists? Does anybody know? I don't believe that Baptists are. Baptists, I don't don't think so. That's a whole different secular offshoot, right? The Protestant reformists, there were four. I don't even know. Um, The Lutherans. um, Mennonites. I guess Amish, part of that. What is it, the uh, Calvinists, I think? And there's another one. I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Those are the Protestant Reformists. Now, I can say to you that, you know, for example, in the Lutheran Church, they've been... Uh, Very accepting of LGBTQIA. I even see there's a Lutheran church here. They're hanging the flag out front, which to me goes totally contrary, right? I told you this. I was baptized in a very, um, ironically, progressive Mennonite church. What do I mean by that? The women did not wear prayer covers. Um, You know, you didn't have many of the – there was a in our town a – a, a more conservative, older order Mennonite church. Where they all did. They, they dressed in plain Mennonite clothing, and they lived that whole lifestyle. Committed themselves to that. Some of the children rebelled. I knew them well. Uh, I could go on and on about this. Anyway, uh, and I don't. So I don't. I wasn't born Mennonite. So you don't hear me say. I. You know. I don't really identify as a Mennonite the way some of those families do. So, even though I was baptized, men and I you see what I'm saying, but it, it was never really uh, taught to me or encouraged me to to do that. The, the center of that was Christ, and to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in the world today. And to that end, there was no flags flying at the church at all because the allegiance was to Jesus Christ, not to a flag, not to a country. So. There's a big difference right there. The church itself, saying we don't want to be part of the government or the institutions. That's that, um, that, that worldly business has no business of the church. The church is there for the spiritual health of the congregation only. If government would focus in the same way on just providing security for people and stay out of everything else, I think life would be better and let the churches handle everything else. But either way, our laws, our moral framework, I could go on and on about this, comes from a Protestant reformist ideology, yes, much of it coming from England. And the ideology is tested every single day, and I suppose that's normal, not just by Jews, but by Muslims, Hindus, and other secular religions, but also from Christians, such as Catholics, who don't agree with what I have to say. Many, okay? It was a minority, a remnant, that created what we have here today. My wife's story, which doesn't like that because she still has democracy in her mind, has no idea what, what a republic means. But I want to say this to you. I say this all the time. If, if you want to look at the benefits of either, just look at the results. The Protestant Reformation did more for the modern world than any other religion, religious effort, any other change in history. It created the framework for the fairest, most peaceful way of living ever created, Our Constitution, born out of the thoughts and philosophy of men who brought it from the Bible that they were taught from a Protestant, reformist perspective. One built on grace, not the law. Big difference. The law stood by itself to reign over everyone. Thomas Paine wrote about it. Let the the, uh, Constitution wear the crown. This is the crown, the law. The law over the government, not under the government. This is where people get it wrong. It created the fairest, most peaceful way of living ever created in the history of the world. It truly put the power with the people where it belongs, did it not? It left decisions to be made by the people for themselves under the guidance of their spiritual leaders if they chose, hopefully. I think we still need that part. The results that came out of the Protestant Reformation unparalleled in history. Any history. And yes, American elitism spread around the world in colonial fashion, like many times in the past in other countries. But it was different this time. It was not a conquering mentality, but a building mentality. And let me tell you something else that's very different about this in terms of the moral framework. This country, um, I was having some conversations last week about where our country's headed and the problems that we're having and what the solution is. And one of the big solutions, I really believe, is is strictly returning to states' rights and to get away from this federalist system that is not in keeping with the intention of the Founding Fathers. We were not supposed to be too big to fail. Now the the, the failure of the United States is going to have huge ripples around the world and the Protestant reformists understood how centralized power corrupts. They understood that when it fails, it's catastrophic. This way of thinking changes everything. Let me just give you a stupid little example. I remember, uh, I don't know, about a couple of years after I got out of the Marine Corps, and I was developing my professional career, and I spent some time interning in an architectural firm, big firm downtown. Uh, It was a really neat experience, this five-floor office building. I'd never seen anything like it. I'd always worked in small offices, small businesses, and this is a neat opportunity to do something different. We're doing mostly a medical office-type fit-out, which I hated, but it was just part of my whole uh, background and experience in construction, land development, real estate, and learning the commercial side. And I spent about six months down there, I want to say. It might have been longer, Um, in and out, just kind of like on a consulting basis. Anyway, they had five floors, architects. And this is all CAD at this time, you know, all these computers. and So anyway, they, they've got this new state-of-the-art plotter. It's a big printer, basically. And this thing, you know, it's going to spin out, you know, seven pages a minute or whatever, these big, you know, architectural engineering drawings. And it's going to be on the third floor, right in the middle. Everybody's going to, the whole building, right? State-of-the-art plotter. Yeah, until it didn't work. I would never, you know, this is my military background, this is my my spiritual philosophy, I never in a million years would have done that. At a minimum, I would have done two, but not even likely. I would have put a much smaller output unit on every floor. If I really felt that I needed that kind of high volume on the third floor, I would have put that one there, but I would have had a backup at the top and a backup at the bottom. Like my friend Butch from Hope for Survival says, one is none, two is one, three is two. Remember that. With everything, it's not just a survivalist thing. It's a redundancy that you can have uninterrupted operations, uninterrupted service for your customers. As it stood, there I was at the architectural firm, the biggest opportunity of my career at that time, the most state-of-the-art plotter ever invented at that time. And what did we do? We stood there and watched it do nothing. Amazing, really. And if that isn't the perfect metaphor for what I'm trying to tell you, we're going to go from a from a country. Maybe you'd have some strong states and some struggling states, but at least the at least the whole would remain intact. As it stands, we run the risk of the whole being assumed into China at this rate. As it stands, American inventions, American industrialism, American leadership, all born out of that Protestant reformist ideology has risen and improved the quality of life for people around the world. We take it for granted. Uh, People forget these important lessons, but it still doesn't take away from the truth. And if you look back at the Old Testament, you'll see that this was a problem for the Jewish people too, that the new generations would come and they would forget. They would forget why we need to be independent, why we need to be able to stand on our own two feet in front of God. Why it's our job to take responsibility for these things, why we make ourselves, we must be subservient to no man. It's uh, idolatry to do so, to give up on yourself and to give in to this nonsense. It's a slap in the face of God. to God, it really is. We take it for granted. We forget these. Who's even reading their Bible today? Nobody's going to church. Crazy. I want to make another important distinction. When you look back and you see what the Protestant reformists were doing in Europe, it was dark times in Europe. And they went, and at that time there was this convergence of the church and government. They had kind of been at odds, but when they came together it was unbearable. You know, you'll, you'll hear uh, Muslim sympathizers point to the, uh, the, the um, uh, what was it called, the, the, the conquest, what was the, you know what I'm talking about, when they, they, these conquering uh, uh, um, uh, religious wars, basically. That's not what Christianity was meant to be. You know, people rely on parts of the Bible, sell your cloak and buy a sword and follow me, to defend yourself, to protect here is the life of the Anabaptist Protestant reformist to plant grow to uh, to create and build and to protect what we care about and what we love our families, our culture, our religion, okay the sword was to protect, not to attack there no need to attack we already have everything we need. People take all this for granted, but the the Protestant reformist. They were fed up with the church. They saw the true nature of the problem. They said, look, government is evil. It's always been evil, always will be evil. But we need to be free. We need to be free to to feed ourselves spiritually that that we need so desperately. And the church is in the way of that. With their legalism, their rules. Just like in the days of the Old Testament with the the story of of the... um, uh, the Good Samaritan. What was that all about? We say, oh, the people—they wouldn't stop and help you. The bad people. It, it was—it was the religion that was failing. The people were following what they were told. You must obey the Sabbath. Don't lift a finger. That was a rule still in some. And look, I'm not—I'm not trying to be uh, pick on on Judaism here because there's Protestant reformists that have some pretty warped ideas on some pretty basic things too. And I'm not going to get into that right now. But the problem in the Old Testament, there was the rule. You don't work on the Sabbath. You go to to, to synagogue on the Sabbath. You don't even light a match. That's the strict observance. I kid you not. And so somebody, you know, rolling around, I can't stop and help you because that's work. This is ridiculous under Christianity, which does not operate under the law, but under grace. Do you understand? Big difference. Not everybody will. But the Protestant reformists were fed up with the convergence of government and religion in Europe. And they went to the church and they nailed their grievances to the church door. This was a huge, pivotal moment in history. It should be taught in every school. This mix of religion and, and government, it rained hell on people's lives. And, and that's why you see so uh, um, uh, firmly in our Constitution the separation of church and state. It should have been the separation of everything in the state. Because look at what's happening now. Big pharma, big tech, big bureaucracy, the unions, etc. Destroying our individual liberty, really. We no longer have that separation of, tr- of religion and state. Why is that? Because the religion now is being rebranded. It's now called LGBTQIA. And this is and, and science, science and other, instead of God and grace. And this breakdown and the foundation of our culture, I believe, is allowed in large part by this basic belief that we are a Judeo Christian society. What do I mean by that? It is Jewish beliefs, Catholic beliefs that allow for abortion. I'm going to tell you a little story. I told you I'm not anti-Semitic. I don't judge people. There's certain things as I'm older I don't want to be around. I'm going to tell you about that tomorrow. Um, But I had a, a Jewish business partner who is still a close friend. And his father was an abortion doctor. Do you know who his largest client base was? Not Jewish people, my friend. Hardly any at all, really. Hardly any at all. Not even blacks. No, there really were no blacks where he was there in uh, Lower Marion, very wealthy, affluent area. The most affluent areas, of the main line, sitting up above Philadelphia, very wealthy. All whites, but not Jewish. Guess how many Protestant reformists there were. Probably none. Not a lot of those down there either. Guess who the guess who the constituents were by and large. Catholics told you I don't judge. I'm not going to judge Catholics any more than I'm going to judge Jewish people. After all, uh, I was baptized as a child as a Catholic. Baptized as an adult, as a Protestant. Both Judaism and Catholicism operate under the law, not by grace. This is me saying this. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a theologian. I would say look into yourself. But the practical point that I'm trying to make to you is that it is those Judeo. It's not the Christian side. It's the Judeo side that allows for abortion. It's the Judeo side that allows for transgenderism. It's the Judeo side that allows for non-heterosexual relationships. None of these ideas were born out of of Protestant Christian beliefs. You could argue that uh, Catholicism goes along with it as well. And by the way, just to be fair, there are very um, also very... uh, Uh, conservative uh, Jewish uh, sects as well that are very, very similar to the Protestant reformists. Many similar... Wait a minute. How can you say it's not Judeo? Because we do have the Old Testament. That's like saying that a black and white milkshake is chocolate. As soon as you add the vanilla, it's no longer chocolate. You see what I'm saying? Now, you can... um, you could take one and, and and change it to the other, but you can't have both. Does that make sense? Probably not in the milkshake analogy, but, you know, it started as one, but it became something completely different, right? Like a caterpillar and a butterfly. There's a better analogy. You don't call the butterfly a caterpillar because it isn't anymore. You don't say a, a catafly, you say a butterfly, I don't know how I think of this stuff. Look, I I can't tell you I'm not a little kooky. I'm just trying to make my point. I hope you got something out of this today. Listen to what, here's what I want to tell you in terms of the the anti-Semitic part. We don't need reasons to hate people. We don't need reasons to not get along. There's plenty of really good, of course, there's bad Jewish people, there's bad Christians, there's bad everything. But there's a lot of good ones. We need to work together to find common ground, to have conversations that restore our confidence in each other and restore our hope in humanity. I think, personally, the best way to accomplish that is through the power of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness and the healing that only He can bring. This is what our country needs, our families need, our families need, our country need, needs, and our world needs. This is the light that we were meant to bring to the world. God willing, I sure hope to see you back tomorrow. i got a crazy, crazy podcast for you. I hope you can tune into it. Hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.